You are listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. This other program is a medical files on the platforms of Marcus Sahaba. Yes, it's time for us to welcome our guest this evening, who is a chiropractor, Dr. Ahmed Abdul Karim. Dr. Abdul Ahmed Karim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine, a beautiful evening? Alhamdulillah, good to have you on the platforms of Marka Sahaba, the voice of the Al Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And Alhamdulillah, you know, looking at uh, the scenario that we're going through, testing times for everyone. If you look at, uh, you know, family members and close friends of ours that have made parda during these uh, times of lockdown and the pandemic, how has it been your side, uh, you know, Ahmed? It has been no different. Uh, unfortunately, we have lost many many good people in our town in Nailai, Wainali, you know. Um and many people have succumbed to the virus and other other uh, and other illnesses as well. And also the uh, sudden uh, sudden passing away of my my, my Ustad uh Hafishev Kedwa and his family as well. Um very, very sad uh, times we are we are in at the moment. Yes, uh, you know, Doctor, the, that was a tragedy indeed, and I'm uh, quite uh, aware of that. Talking to Ahmed Parak, who is uh, the v- vice chairman of the uh, you know, burial for, uh, uh, undertaker's forum, and also he was uh, the member of the Islamic Burial Council. He spoke about uh, the Mayat, and he told, told me you know, he had to do the autopsy and things like that. But may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy. Uh, Kadwas are well known there. And also, you know, for Ahmadi, that uh, I think it was the same family that donated the uh, uh, that land uh, that he built uh, the uh, Assalam Institute on. So, Alhamdulillah, lovely history coming through there. But uh, moving forward, we talk about COVID nineteen. What is doing, and uh, perhaps uh, looking at it uh, from uh, your perspective as a chiropractor, the physical effects even after testing negative. You know, people uh, psychologically, COVID nineteen is uh, wreaking havoc with the minds of people. And uh, how do you react to that uh, Ahmed? Gee, at, um, at, well, at, at a physical level, uh, what we've noticed is that um, a lot of patients have now been presenting with uh, what we call post-COVID muscle aches and pains. Um, this is more in the back, neck, uh, shoulders, and also they present also with persistent headaches. And um, like, you know, your general body aches, your lower back pain, your chest is feeling tight all the time. But obviously, it's the, the virus that's in your lungs, so it's uh, caused a lot of chest tightness, and because of the persistent cough as well, what happens is your 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 costal your costal joints tend to also become inflamed, and it causes a lot of pain, especially when you try to breathe. So this even happens um, even after the uh, the quarantine period is over. And um, what we've been doing now is we're trying to get people or patients to come in, obviously in a very uh, sanitized environment, uh, mask worn, and uh, sanitizing the bed and surroundings. And we we getting them in and to increase. We, what what we're doing is doing mild manipulative therapies and mobilizations and a few of the uh, electrotherapy machines just to help get rid of that uh, excess phlegm that may be building up and um, you know the also the uh, uh, just man- managing pain as well. Some of the, you know, as you said, you have to get all these uh, various machines uh, that uh, do help. And, you know, when uh, people like, how, how is the incidence of, uh, you know, physical pain due to uh, COVID-19 and, uh, you know, perhaps uh, talking about uh, things uh, that, uh, you know, what are some of the physical pains that they undergo? Mostly, I would say um, a chest pain, back pain, particularly um, the mid-back the neck, neck as well, and even uh, lower back pain. So this, uh, it's, but it's a general, general body ache. Like, you know, patients feel come in feeling that they um, are tired all the time. They're feeling fatigued. Like they, you know, they're out of breath and they feel like they're not getting enough oxygen in. So that's that. Usually, what that happens like because of the, the virus, it attacks every or most most part of your body. So that uh, does uh, can, can become very debilitating at some point. Even causes. Uh, issues where patients come in and say, you know, they can barely walk because of the so much of low back pain, and they haven't been doing anything different. They haven't changed the pillow or the bed or anything in the last uh, few months or so. So it's it's usually we bring it down to the fact that it's um, it's a COVID uh, one of the COVID symptoms that are post infection. 
some of the perhaps the question the people pose to you says, uh, what are the age groups that are coming to you? And, uh, you know, youngsters, I mean, the kids are too uh, young to understand what's going on. But uh, generally, those are teenagers also succumbing to this uh, physical pain or the side effects, uh, you know, or psychologically. Uh, or is it a certain age group that comes to you, Ahmed? It's not uh, limited to any age group. Uh, we can see, like, you know, with the, with the second wave, it's been uh, mostly, like, uh, between the ages of, uh, like, the year and your mid-ages, like, you're just after your, your your 20s, you know, like, between your 30s and your 50s. And obviously, those populations who have comorbidities like uh, diabetes and uh, lung issues and uh, hypertensive and those patients who are also overweight, they also have uh, a high risk of uh, contracting the virus and and then, you know, post, uh, post-COVID, post they also come in with uh, other body exit pain, which presents much worse than what it would normally present with. Yes, they're not talking about uh, people being overweight and, uh, you know, it won't be a difficult time for them because uh, generally when it comes to, you know, breathing and you can't breathe properly, when you're overweight, I think uh, it affects you more. And any truth in that? Gee, it, uh, it does because... Already, if you if you're overweight, you're already putting you're already putting a lot of um, pressure on your body, uh, and by by the simple fact that you're overweight. And once you have a virus that becomes in a situation this way, so debilitating, you tend to put extra pressure on your organs as well. So coupled with that, it does cause uh, much more uh, difficulty in breathing and also uh, to you know your for your body to process its daily functions becomes much more difficult, actually compounds it to the point where you become even more like, you know, uh, like some people are even better than or battling to breathe or constantly on oxygen all the time or using some aid to help, uh, like, you know, like an oxygenator or something just to just to get by. Yes, um, they, you know, you make a lot of sense. And what about those people that, uh, you know, they go for testing and they go for one test and it says, uh, you know, they are negative. Then they go to another test, it says positive, and they go for another test again and that says, uh, you know, negative. Uh, I mean, what goes through the person's uh, psyche at that time, you know, getting this uh, yo-yo uh, signal from uh, the, the laboratories, Amit? It's, uh, it's quite, it can be quite Daunting. I, I remember I, I had to go for a I had to go for a procedure on my on my foot uh, last year in in July, and I had to go for a COVID test as well. And it was even though I wasn't displaying any symptoms, but it, but the fact that you you know you may it may be asymptomatic or because we are healthcare professionals you're in contact we may be in contact with patients that are COVID positive. It became very very daunting for myself personally because it was, you know, we were just I was just so stressed out that I may be positive and I may, may not be able to go through with the procedure. So it's uh, psychologically it does it does become it does become like it's a it's a big thing now because you you know a lot is going through your head now because you start worrying about a lot of things like you know what's going to happen if you test positive and you know the isolation period will my symptoms be mild or will I have uh, will I have these uh, big symptoms where patients are reporting like you know. Uh, um, feeling uh, down and out all the time and feeling tired all the time and difficulty breathing and you're know, ending up in a hospital on a ventilator or something. It's it's very, very, uh, uh, it's very, very uh, daunting for the person going through the test. Absolutely. And you can uh, imagine uh, what the people go through. I, I remember when the HIV and AIDS uh, pandemic was in town and, uh, you know, many had to go for uh, the testing and they said that the very fact uh, that, you know, when they got the results or some of them got the results uh, that, uh, you know, that they were positive. And, uh, you know, they, they it was like the death sentence was pronounced on them and uh, most of them like just ebbed away. Uh, but, you know, mind over matter, how important is that to be psychologically, you know, firm of mind and uh, to, to, to uh, you know, get over uh, the situation, Ahmed? I know a lot of people have been saying if it, if it doesn't mind, it doesn't matter. But I think it's uh, at this mm. point you're your yakin, your yakin, and your faith in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala needs to be, if not at its at its best, you know, like at its highest, because it's uh, it's only Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that, uh, with His permission, that you that the disease is that you either contract it or you don't. And if you do, unfortunately, if you do get it, it's a means of uh, a reward for that person and also elevating his status in the akhirat. I mean, well said there, and I like, uh, here's a young man, uh, you know, a young uh, chiropractor, a young doctor, having, uh, you know, his priorities right and giving us the right uh, uh, advice also. Jazakallah khair for that, Ahmed. Now, you know, look at uh, depression and back pain. Take us through depression and, uh, you know, oh, back pain. 
So, you know, with, with patients that are uh, depressed, like um, what happens is also you, so if you understand depression, it's, it's something that um, is affecting the community in a widespread, even, you know, amongst the Muslim community, amongst the non-Muslim community, especially in these times, you know, where there's lockdown and you lost of uh, contact with people and, you know, like, you know, uh, you're not, uh, especially with the, old, the older generation, maybe not being in contact with their kids or even their grandkids, which are usually the source of pride and joy and, you know, there's not much contact with people, so you not having your get-togethers anymore, and your weddings and your walimas is how we would, how we would normally have them. You know, and it's always a means of getting people together. That's the whole whole idea of you know keeping people together, getting the contact of people, and you know just seeing how people are in their lives. But um, now with this uh, pandemic just ravaging through through the communities, it's uh, it's making people become a bit lonely and also causing a lot of depression in amongst the households as well. So that also, what happens is it leads to your muscles getting tight and your 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 joints also getting stiff. And then what happens is also you you don't move around as much as you would when you're in the house. So, I mean, if, if you're out of the house, you'd be moving quite a bit. You know, we're here today driving around. But like this now, you're in the house the whole day, so you're not moving much as you would normally. So your muscles get tight, your, you know, your, your joints also, also get tight, like I've mentioned. So that also can cause a lot of... Um, aches and pains like generally that you would have never gotten before and also the other thing is also remember with uh, with our climate we mostly in we like some mostly in the sun the whole day or we do get at least 10 15 minutes of sunlight and that helps with your vitamin d uh, uh, dose for the day and when vitamin d is low in your body that can also cause generalized aches and pains which uh, is very overlooked amongst people as well Yes, Ahmed, you know, I was thinking aloud whilst you're talking, uh, is it true that uh, people with a severe dip, uh, depression, uh, they actually feel more pain in- intensely than others? Uh, any truth in that? Yes, they do. Um, patients that I have seen who have been clinically depressed, like, you know, patients that have been referred from a psychologist or a, psychi- a psychiatrist, um, they do feel pain much more than uh, what we would, uh, what we, what an all person feel, like even at an emotion level, even at a, uh, a physical level. So they tend to they tend to try to rationalize the pain and the body can't process it. So what happens is it leads to uh, overexcitement of uh, neurological activity, and then that causes you to feel much more pain in a much more intense way. And at some point, it leads to the uh, point where patients are, you know, they, they just feel like they they it, it hinders their ability to work and carry out day to day tasks. Like what we take for granted is like sometimes a big thing for them if they can actually even do it. So if you're looking at people, uh, you know, who, are, who succumb to depression and, and they generally are more prone to pain, Ahmed, uh, if I, uh, you know, understand you correctly. Sure. Yeah, there we got it, people. Hey, don't let yourself go into that depression mode. Not good enough. And what about, you know, uh, mental health? Uh, can that cause uh, back pain also? Mental health can cause uh, pain in general to to a, to a certain effect. Remember, also with uh, with depression, you are taking uh, you will be taking or I'm sure you will be prescribed medication that some of the side effects do cause uh, can cause generalized aches and pains. I think you know if you look at the world, uh, the, the, I mean, rich, poor, everyone, uh, most of them do. Uh, I think uh, suffer from a uh, back pain, and oftentimes. Uh, as you said, uh, you know, it uh, occurs with the uh, mental issues. But back pain generally, you know, hey, people say, you know what, uh, Ahmed, hey, I need to buy a new CD posturpedic mattress. Oh, my mattress is not good. I'm always suffering with a back pain. And how do you advise that? You know, people generally blame their mattresses or perhaps they could be having a mental issue also, Ahmed. Um, I think that the mattress issue is uh, it's quite important. Like you, you do need a comfortable uh, mattress to sleep on. So the, the rule of thumb is, um, anything that's above the ground. So let's say you need to invest in a good shoe, a good tire for your car, and a good mattress. Because you're spending most of your time on your feet, and you obviously, before prior to lockdown, you're also driving around, all, like, you know, going from work to wherever you need to go to commuting. So good car tires and obviously uh, a good bed. Because you spend most of your time sleeping as well, and you spend most of your time walking around and driving. So that can also cause um, you to lead a much more comfortable and uh, comfortable uh, life, and also prevents a lot of these uh, aches and pains that we feel. Now, Ahmed, 
Hey, you got you tickle my brains again. Now talking about the mattress, what mattress do you recommend that I should use? You know, I got a mattress, <laughs> but I want to, <laughs> I want to know from you, hey, Uncle Chef, I got a lack of mattress for you. I sleep on this. Tell me, Amit, I'll take out my credit card and go and buy it now. You know, you know, it's it's it's, it's a very difficult question to answer, and um, you know, like um, because a lot of patients, a lot of patients will come and ask me the same question. You know, what is good mattress? What is good pillow? But the fact of the matter is, you when shopping for a, a mattress or uh, when shopping for a bed, you you need to actually go in and and you have to have a look and see what what's going to work for you. For some for some people, a form a fully formed mattress with memory foam may work. For some, it won't work. For some, a spring mattress will work. For some, it won't work. So it just depends what works for you. Sometimes a hard mattress may work for somebody, and it may be the worst thing if you give them a soft mattress. So it's it it boils down to I won't say your your your, your preference, but what actually works for you. So it's it's not a, it's not a question that we can uh, I can answer and tell you that this is the mattress you need to buy, because sometimes the mattress that's going to cost you maybe like you know in the region of twenty thirty thousand may not be the ideal one for you. Maybe the one that's a bit cheaper. Maybe the one that will work for you. You know, Ahmed, I'll tell you what I do. You know where I live, right? In a beautiful town called Spingo Beach. Are you two also in the south coast in the Port Jefferson? But in the evening, I got a lovely lawn. So what I do, I go out. And I lie on my back and I look at the skies and into the stars. And I tell you that, uh, you know, the therapeutic feeling that I get lying on grass and I feel myself uh, demagnetizing and I feel so refreshed when I get up after that. And, uh, you know, my back, uh, Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, being an old man now, but uh, no back aches, nothing. Perhaps that has to do something with that. But mm-hmm. also, uh, I always uh, do invest in a good mattress. Your uncle Ashraf will tell you. That we were good cricketers, not uh, ah, we were we were very good in whatever we played. You know that the Beach Boys were always good, but Alhamdulillah, you know uh, the main the main thing. A certain age, your needs are giving up, your back goes. But Alhamdulillah, if you do the right things and you are sunnah compliant, uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will keep you moving. You know, talking about uh, getting, you know, your your cars need uh, need new tires all the time. But if it does, uh, you know, so many hundred thousand kilometers and things like that. Same with your feet. I think you know when you're wearing good shoes. I think that's important how your your shoes work and also the sandals uh, that you, uh, you that you use. And people are talking about these uh, new shoes coming to the market. And everyone, male uh, male and female, they say, hey, you know, look at me, I'm a I got sketches on, or sketches, I don't know what they call it. But uh, what's your views on, you know, going with the high-tech shoes compared to the shoes of yesteryear, Ahmed? I, I think with, with, uh, nowadays with, with technology advancements and, you know, the, with, uh, you know, with scanning of your feet and, and actually checking to see what's, um, what, what is required to... Because what happens is, remember also with your, with your feet, you have this thing called your feet pronate and your feet can supinate. And sometimes your what we call a heel stack. So when you take your, your first step forward and the first part that hits the ground is your heel. So when that strikes the, when that strikes the, the ground, remember you're transferring that force from your, your foot to your ankle, to your knee, and eventually to your hips when you walk. So your whole leg is what we call a kinematic chain. And that is, um, it's very important that you have a comfortable shoe to be able to receive that force. Because remember, if you're doing it all the time, and you're walking and you, you don't have a comfortable shoe, you're not transferring that force equally. So that can cause, later in life, it can cause things like, you know, a degen- uh, accelerated, degen- accelerated degeneration of your of your ankle joints, your knee joints, or your, your hips. Like, you know, sometimes patients wake up early in the morning uh, going for work or for gender and they feel like they, you know, they need, like, they need to spend like Q20 or something and their joints to get moving. So that usually sometimes it boils down to the fact that you know your your shoe may be uncomfortable, or it may be that your your shoe like your whatever you're wearing your the, the sandal that you wear may not have that art support or it may not have that uh, uh, the support required enough for you to uh, for you to progress forward. Yes, Ahmed, you know, you, you make a very valid point, you know, especially when it comes to Salah, it's such a beautiful thing to do, you know, every muscle in your body is getting exercised, but, uh, you know, some of us, uh, you know, uh, we spoil it by, uh, you know, being overweight, and then, you know, even you find when the guy is trying to get up, and say, yeah, anyway, what's going on, and you see uh, the poor brother is battling to get up, and he battles to go down, and, you know, what happened in that case, you know, is it the, 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 uh, the, the belly that's causing all the problem, and, you know, 
know, generally, when even you go for uh, uh, ruku and uh, you go for sajda, it it should be a form of uh, therapy also, where it you know it allows you to even uh, digest your food properly and allows you to belch. Uh, your comments? I think um, you know with um, with uh, with with our salad that we have, we we tend to stretch and we tend to. Uh, you know, you tend to stretch most of your muscles in your body, especially with the, the different postures and positions. It's actually a very beautiful thing, the the, the salah itself. But um, you have um, but patients that are overweight and, you know, they have the, the what we call the pot belly and, you know, like the, you know, from eating too much of carbs or mm. from not exercising enough. So you become what you, like, your body is like termed overweight or obese. So that also can, like, it, what happens is it alters your center of gravity. So you have like your center of gravity usually at your at your back at your lumbar spine. So what happens is this this uh, pot belly that you have it makes you it extenuates it. And what happens is that curve at your the, the lower part of your back. If you can even feel it even if you press even if you feel it you feel that curve. What happens is it becomes much more extenuated than what it usually should be. And that can also even prone you to having a discarnation later in life or even accelerated uh, degeneration and can also cause, uh, can, can also lead to back pain as well. So, Ahmed, um, whilst you're talking about uh, back pain, I was thinking about people, you know, generally this, uh, you notice the term uh, being uh, flaunted quite often. Hey, he's very emotional. Oh, she's getting emotional. And it's emotional times for us. I mean, you look at COVID-19, losing so many friends, you know, and they're going to the hospital. You don't know whether they're coming back or not. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering, you know, can emotions affect you and even, uh, you know, aggravate a lower back pain or give you a back pain through emotions only? Can that uh, be a reality, Ahmed? It is possible, and uh, there is research being conducted as well into the emotional effects of uh, of back pain. Because remember, the depression also is uh, depression, anxiety, all of those uh, other illnesses are also uh, on an emotional level as well. So it does affect you emotionally. So that can also cause uh, can also cause. Remember, remember also if you have psychological issues, it does also prevent your 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 blood flow, and does also prevent your blood from flowing into your different uh, cells and your muscles as well. So that can also lead to uh, can also lead to back pain as well. Uh, you talk about blood flow, and I'm thinking, you know, what about those people, the, the, the inability to urinate or have a, a bowel movement or loss of bowel or bladder control, and, you know, they go through persistent fevers and uh, pain at night. You know, how do you put things uh, right like that? It's, it's just you have to give it medication or you just have to psychologically talk to them or you have any other therapy for them, Ahmed? Well, generally, what we in a case of that when there's nerve involvement of your loss, your loss of your bladder, about um, it's usually um, seen as a, actually a medical emergency, uh, what we would term uh, called a cardiac syndrome, and if not uh, addressed in time by a, by, a, by, a, by you know you need to go into a trauma unit straight away or casualty or a hospital straight away to have it sorted out. It's the damage is usually usually irreversible, so in that case we would immediately send to uh, to a hospital for further assessment and and try and reverse what's uh, what's been happening. Now, Ahmed, you don't have to answer this, but what happens if a borderline personality disorder person comes to you and yay, you know, to say this person is got this condition? Uh, will you treat the person, or what do you do in that case? Uh, you know, are you qualified to treat them? You see, in a in a, in a situation like that, you have. Uh, thing where it becomes uh, a litigation issue of, of informed consent because you need to actually get informed consent from the patient to actually treat you and uh, that becomes problematic so in that case we would rather have the patient come in with a, uh, a, a the, the guardian or partner so that they can uh, you know guide you accordingly because they're the ones that are they're the ones that know the know them obviously the, the best uh, and, and, and like we sometimes meeting them for the first time so they rather come in with somebody uh, as a chaperone, just to to guide us and to and to be as a witness for the informed consent. Because sometimes if you're not in the right state of mind, you may not even remember what may happen. So that can also lead to further further harm and may may do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Now, Ahmed, uh, you know, uh, patients come there. What is the loudest scream you had in your practice? Hey, someone just screamed so loud, and you say, "Oh, hey!" And what did you do that? You know, the loud scream came. How do you pacify that person? 
but the idea is not to for yourself not to panic so and then obviously the the you know the your usual vasivas come out like your idol kursi and whatever you need to do just to calm yourself down as well um i think it's important if you start panicking the patient automatically starts panicking so um i guess you do get instances where patients come into a chiropractor for the first time and hear the loud pop or the of the adjustment or something that's they not usually used to hearing and then they feel like you know something's going wrong but they immediately feel the effects of and the benefits of it and then so they they can tend to come down much more quickly and sugar i haven't had any major issues uh, so far uh, in the last uh, few years that i've been practicing um you know where the patients are panic and you know they storm out to the you know they alhamdulillah it's been it's been quite uh, been quite okay so far alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah, really fascinating conversation with you, uh, Dr. Ahmed Abdul Karim, a chiropractor. Alhamdulillah, cool, calm and collected as he is and uh, focused over his deen and he's got his, uh, yeah, he's back up, he's his eyes of the Noble Quran, uh, brilliant indeed. Time for us to go for a quick break. Uh, when we get back, inshallah, we will be continuing with a medical file. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. The Medical Files and Alhamdulillah in consultation with our chiropractor, Dr. Ahmad Abdul Karim, living in that beautiful part of, uh, yes, he's in Port Chepston, I can tell you, really organic place to be in the world, a lovely fishing, lovely people, great history there, and I can tell you we have thus far spoken about a COVID physical effects, even after testing negative depression and back pain, and you know, before we get over the back pain, how long should back pain last? It, um, it 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 does depends on the on the duration and what has caused the back pain. So sometimes if patients come in mostly with saying that you know they don't know what what has caused the back pain. Um, so patients usually say that well most of back pain does go away. So your usually it lasts between maybe I would say about a week or so. And if it doesn't, then if it doesn't come right with either medication or self-care, then I would suggest going to a healthcare professional or going to somebody uh, qualified enough to uh, to have a look at it, especially if the symptoms are getting worse. Mm, I can see Gulam Bai there. You know, he lives near your town there. He's a fisherman. I say, hey, ask Ahmed this. If I have a lower back pain, how should I sleep? What sleeping position should I get into if I have a lower back pain? Ahmed? You can use uh, the normal, uh, I mean, uh, the, the usual way of sleeping is obviously the best way is the sunnah method of sleeping on your right side with your hand by your cheek and your arm to your arm to your side. But what normally also we advise people is to do is to put, maybe put a pillow between your legs. So that what happens is it straightens your spine in the night. As as the night goes, it, it keeps your spine nice and straight so that prevents you from uh, from having this, uh, getting for the back pain getting worse also. Um, other other anecdotal evidence points to the fact that uh, some patients lie on flat on their back as well. Uh, that also seems to alleviate the back pain. Ahmed, you know, you got me on a roll here. How can I tell if my back pain is uh, kidney-related? Okay, so normally you'd find in your, your, your urine, uh, you'd find that your your urine may just may change color, so you you would obviously know what your normal color urine is, and then you'll have maybe a change in color where it may turn may turn like a dark yellow or brown, or it may maybe even be red, or your urine may start to get foamy, or it may have this um, you know, unpleasant smell, and you may get uh, what we know what is known as uh, flank pain. So if you look at where your spine is, if you go towards the side. Um, Usually, call it like uh, you know your love handles, for lack of a better word. But uh, usually, that's where you normally get the pain, and it's like a, usually a dull or sometimes even a sharp ache. That could be a sign of uh, of a kidney issue as well. Yeah, and you know sometimes when you're getting through pain, and what is the fastest home remedy for back pain? You know, at night, maybe midnight, I can't get hold of Ahmed. I can't get hold of my chiropractor. So, what is the fastest home re- remedy for a back pain, Ahmed? It's um you can you can take your normal medications or if you so you have to see if you're allergic to anything, um but your normal pain medication that uh, seems to help even your rubbing ointments like your herbal balms your your DP your Anika eyes, um that also seems to uh, uh, you get patients that come in or phone in the morning to say that you know this is what they've been doing. 
it seems to have helped, but it's not obviously gone away. So that can also um, help for the time being. But it's obviously a temporary relief. It's just going to mask the symptoms. It's not going to treat the cause. Yeah, I have to, uh, absolutely. You have to get to the root of the uh, problem and the root of the matter and uh, uh, fix it from there. And, uh, you know, going on, moving on, um, we go to degenerative uh, diseases. Uh, uh, talk to us about it. Okay, so the, the thing, the first thing to know about degenerative diseases, uh, a lot of people will maybe send for x-rays and for their spine especially to show degenerative disease. So the thing to understand is it's a natural process. Um, and it's also it's very important to know that it's the natural process. It just it happens over time. So what happens is as you when you when you're younger, you, your bones are getting ossified. So you have the thing where your body is laying down uh, precursors for bone, and your body is manufacturing bone, and then you your that's how your bones get more mature over time. But what happens is once you reach a certain age, your there's a thing called increased osteoclastic activity where your bone starts breaking down. And your bone doesn't break down. It doesn't make enough bone fast enough. So that what happens is your bone starts to degenerate. So your it, there's nothing wrong with this process. It happens to everybody. Um, it'll happen if you do X-ray of my back. You know, like I'm fairly youngish person. If you do a X-ray of my back, you'll also find there's degeneration as well. If you do, a, if you do an X-ray of an older person, you'll also find degeneration as well. Um, the problem is comes in when it becomes debilitating to a point where you can't manage where you can't manage your day-to-day activities and you constantly have this pain and your muscles are now getting tight and going into spasm. That's when we that's when we now look at it and try to treat it um, and try to get you back and to help with the pain management as well. Now, Amadi, we know people of yesteryear, they were always uh, fit as a fiddle. I mean, even if they went to the 80s, 90s, they still stood upright. They worked in the garden. They were always on the move. Perhaps is it our lifestyle that is causing uh, this uh, degenerative uh, diseases? Or is it, you know, the type of foods uh, that we're eating? Uh, how, how would you describe uh, the millennium man and the millennium woman uh, succumbing to degenerative uh, diseases, Ahmed? I think in the the older older times we there were not much uh, not much uh, you know cars and people walked everywhere and people did what were, people did hard labor manual labor you know so at that point when you were at the young age doing doing uh, doing manual labor especially what happens is your body tends to lay down more of the what we call osteoblastic activity where your body tends to lay down more precursors for bone formation so literally your bone get much more stronger and harder because you, you're you're increasing the uh, the amount of load that your body is uh, taking so you know if you even at this point in your life even if you do like uh, if you're younger between the ages of maybe we say 16 to below 30 if you at that point decide to do any weight bearing exercises or any um, weight training or any any sort of exercise that involves uh, weight training as such you it will help you to lay down more bone, and you will you will end up getting uh, stronger bone density compared to uh, like, you know as you get older. It won't be it won't be so much of a problem for degenerative diseases. You know, Ahmed, I remember buying my first bulwark at the age of uh, I must have been ten years old. And I saw, uh, you know, uh, as I opened up the manual, it had there from uh, whether you're six or sixty. This is for you, you know, and uh, you do a lot of isometric exercises. But I eventually I found that uh, that bulwarker helped me in my cricket and, you know, things like that. Even in my soccer, I didn't have to do all these weights and all that. If you compare isometrics uh, to uh, perhaps uh, uh, picking weights, uh, how would you advise? Well, uh, isometrics and uh, weight training they tend to go hand in hand. So it's a more of a, a milder way of doing uh, exercises, but also it also helps strengthen your muscle as well. So remember you have your your large muscle fibers and then you have your smaller muscle fibers. Your smaller muscle fibers tend to help with stability of your, your spine and your, your bones as well and your joints and what have you. And your bigger muscles are the ones that are more, more aesthetically visible, like, you know, your, your six-pack and your nice pecs and your biceps and triceps. So if you do it hand in hand, it does help to, uh, it does help to give you good stability as well as uh, also bring out, you know, those muscles that, uh, that make you look... Uh, like a macho person. Macho man from Africa. Hey, I say, hey, he's a macho man from Pochepston. That's our <laughs> chiropractor, Ahmed Abdul Karim. Now, Ahmed, you know, you people, hey, look at Bruce Lee. 
six pack nunchakus. What did he? I, I I don't think he did weights. What did he do? I mean, he did his his push ups were brilliant and things like that. What type of exercise did uh, that person do? You know, he was like one of the fittest guys that we grew up with. I think it's uh, the type of discipline that he was in. Um, focused a lot on uh, breathing exercises, uh, core strengthening exercises, and um, also, you know, like using your body weight to your advantage. So instead of using weights like what we that the normal, like what uh, conventionally what we normally do, um, I think he used uh, a, a much more different approach to uh, to for fitness. Then, uh, we know, in our uh, late boxer, Muhammad Ali Raymullah, uh, that, uh, you know, he went into boxing, but then uh, boxing has its uh, downside where, you know, you get punched too often in your head and you see what happens to the individual. But uh, when you look at the Sunnah exercises, you know, swimming, uh, wrestling, and perhaps archery, you know, talk to us about this. How, uh, you know, complete is the Islamic uh, or the Sunnah types of sports, uh, Ahmad? So at the moment, at the moment, I do some myself. We're trying to trying to get each other get the reward of uh, sunnah. Uh, so we swim three times a week, and we notice that your, your your workout is much more better with swimming because remember, using it's just your body weight, and there's no resistance or anything of the sort. Like as compared to running, where there's high impact on your knees and your ankles and your your hips as well. So you tend to work your whole body, and it's a full body workout from even from head to toe. So even your your neck, your your back, everything, your cross everything, everything gets very, very well trained. Um, so, and we tend to see better results with the swimming because you're, you even tend to burn more calories and more, and you tend to even, like, you know, you cut more uh, fat uh, compared to your normal weight training and going to the gym. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I identify with that. And you do a few lengths in the, in the swimming pool. You enjoy that. And, you know, when you talk about swimming, uh, perhaps, you know, because you're an ocean man too, you're living right near the ocean. If you're swimming in the pool, there's a, I think you exert more energy swimming than swimming in the ocean. Uh, you know, what are the differences between swimming in the ocean and swimming in the swimming pool, Ahmad? So to the swimming pool, there's not much of a, of a current as you or and like a current you would find compared to um, uh, swimming in the ocean. You know, with, uh, with swimming in the ocean, you have your currents or your undercurrent and your, you have your, your side wash and your back wash. It's, sometimes it can be a bit uh, hazardous, you know, for the person trying to get some, uh, get some lens or get some lap going or get a, get a good few uh, meters going in the, in, the, in the ocean. It's much more difficult compared to swimming in the pool. Swimming in the pool, it's, it's a much more relaxed, calm environment. So you you also like you. You can focus more on your stroke and also your survival techniques. If in an unfortunate event that you are over, that you are in the ocean or you are in a situation where you need to, uh, you know, you need to be proficient in your swim and your stroke to get you out of that situation. You know, Ahmed, I want, uh, because we got listeners around the world uh, listening to us uh, this evening, I want to bring the ocean alive for them, uh, you know, especially when it comes to exercise. Uh, but what I enjoy about the ocean is, uh, you know, when you, even the waves, when they hit you, when you go in a bit deep and, you know, you're uh, jumping in with the waves and then they swim with the wave, the break brings you to the shore, the salt water, the seawater hitting you, uh, dunking you. I know there's a feeling, but in de- demarcated areas, that feeling of, you know, your whole body feeling revitalized and uh, after a good swim in the ocean, you feel like a brand new, uh, you know, like a brand new coin. But I don't know how. How do you feel? I really feel that you know. I really enjoy that, and I also enjoy the you know the puddles that you get, and when you put on your snorkels and you look at the different types of uh, species of fish in there and things like that. You know, we're really blessed to be near the oceans, and we should be embracing it and celebrating it and keeping foot with the ocean. There's always a motion in the ocean. Your comment. Alhamdulillah, we're very, very fortunate. It feels as though, like, you know, when the wave crashes on you, it feels like you're in a washing machine with, uh, with the wave taking you and tumbling you to the shore. <laughs> and then, Beautiful. You know, like, you know, at, the, at the end of the day, when you, after when you, you know, when you, when you, when you lie down to sleep and you're just about to fall asleep and you feel like your body going back and forth also, like, you know, that same motion of you, like you're still in the ocean. I tell you, people, you know what? Our doctor needs a gold medal for that because actually speaking, the ocean is like a washing machine. 
it cleanses everything. It's a, it's a cleansing agent, and it is like a washing machine. When you, you know, I think the Afrikaans word is ye baliar mo in the water, lekker baliar. I mean, I can't find a better superlative than that one in Afrikaans. And as you go in there, as you said, it takes you, it dunks you, takes you out, brings you in. And alhamdulillah, beautiful indeed. And jazakallah, you know, I will not forget that uh, they were Ahmad Abdul Karim uh, described the ocean like you're diving into your washing machine. Tell you, he's absolutely right. And you know, there's always a stiffness whenever you had a swim in the ocean. There's always a body is stiff, Ahmed, and that tells you you had a powerful workout. Your comment? Okay, that's, uh, that's also quite right. You, you feel like your your you feel very very your energy is spent in and quite a bit, and you you know you you feel you, the tired the tiredness that you feel and the sleep that you feel after that is something that you can't compare with. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yes, uh, moving on to osteoporosis, you know, we, uh, the people talk about this quite often. And, uh, you know, take us through osteoporosis, uh, Ahmed. Okay, so the, the simplest, uh, the easiest way to describe osteoporosis is that your bones become brittle over time. Uh, this usually happens in the, the older population, and it's uh, basically due to a decreased or lowered bone mineral density. Um, as I've discussed earlier, you know, with, uh, with the bone resorption being much less than what it is at that age. So what happens is you can um, you can even identify a person that's osteoporotic by doing a bone density a bone density scan which uh, tells you your level of uh, your bone density and also it also points out your potential for having uh, potential fractures in time. So normally what happens, especially with women, uh, more prone to it because of pregnancy or whatever, you, um, you know, they, they, they tend to be more, become osteoporotic more quicker or, 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 or more, you know, more, um, they tend to become osteoporotic later much earlier. so what we recommend is doing a bone bone density test or commonly known as a dexa bone analysis um so patients with severe osteoporotic changes they what they may notice is that they may notice the height is decreased or they become very common uh, to uh, be common uh, commonly prone to bone fractures or there's what we known as a rounding of the spine in the mid back region so what you know as your like you know you find that you become uh, it's called a kyphosis where you become more rounded especially in your mid back and you may notice that your back pain may increase as well if you if you do have back pain so this was just a very good and very uh, uh, one of the signs uh, some of the signs of being osteoporotic so then we recommend obviously going for uh, first the x-ray and doing uh, doing the bone scan uh, Ahmed, you know, quite often you hear that, uh, you know, an elderly person slipped and they broke the hip. Uh, uh, you know, uh, just explain to us uh, how they break the hip. And, uh, you know, and it, they say to mend or it heals, it take, uh, generally it means, uh, you know, the end uh, when, when they break the hip. Uh, take us through that. How true is it? Like, you know, once a hip is broken and then uh, in serious trouble, Ahmed? So remember, when, when you're younger and you, if you have any falls or any, and you have any fractures or anything, it's uh, usually uh, it's, it's not a serious thing because your bone is the, your bone is at that point usually at its prime because it's remodeling all the time and it, your your fractures tend to heal much quicker as uh, when you're younger. When you get older, it becomes a big concern for especially for the older population, for the the the, the geriatric, geriatric population who have sustained falls. Um, I remember my late granny also had a fall and. It, it become it became so so stressful for us because uh, from what we what we under, what what, what we've understood in uh, while we were studying the older population mm-hmm. has uh, a very very uh, um, less um, chance of having the bone to get resolved. So what happens is they usually uh, the surgeon needs to usually put a plate in or something just to help uh, keep that bone together. And usually their normal casting and your normal uh, a normal casting and putting a plaster of Paris cast something is not really sufficient enough, or even your moon boot is not really sufficient enough to to have that uh, have that structure sorted out. And sometimes even in, especially with the, with hip fractures and stuff, it can can lead to uh, other conditions or other mainly to a thing like you know where replacement or something of that sort. 
Yes, uh, you know, Ahmed, I mean, uh, thinking aloud, uh, you know, how often, uh, you know, if kids fall and they break the bones and uh, things like that, how often do they fall and have uh, injuries and, uh, you know, and they can just uh, heal very quickly? How quickly does a, a fracture in a kid heal compared to an old person, Ahmed? Usually a fracture in a kid will take about maybe, it just depends what part of the body it is, but... Um, Usually about um, six to eight weeks on the cast, and then from there they uh, you do a reassessment just to see if uh, if the factors healed. Um, but in the older population, it's it's it can be any given time actually, and it's usually much more than uh, much more than six to eight weeks. I heard a, a friend of mine say this. You know, a, a sports instructor he say, "Hey, chef, drink a lot of water. Drink a lot of water. It keeps away pain, and you won't feel the pain. And you know, your body will be fluid." How true is that, Ahmed? So usually, um, uh, what's been said is that a lot of research been you know between keeping hydrated and being overhydrated as well. So overhydration and being de- Dehydrated are not at the extremes where you should try to avoid it as much as possible because you shouldn't be also retaining too much water because that also you you don't want to drown yourself your your cells in in water because what what is good for you is good for your hydration good for all the uh, cellular functions in your body but also being uh, overhydrated can cause your can cause your like there was a case uh, last year I think in the UK where a patient or a patient uh, a runner drank about five liters of water and collapsed while doing uh, while doing a run. So that also isn't recommended to overhydrate as well. So normally what uh, what we would say as a as a ballpark figure for every um, for every ten kilos you should drink a glass of water. So if you're weighing maybe like um, say you weigh about 80, 80 kilos, you should drink about between eight or nine glasses of water a day. I'm thinking about overtraining. Some of us get so, you know, obsessed with our hedonistic side of it. I want the six-pack or no, maybe I'll have a 12-pack and overtrain. And then you overdo this and you overdo that and then the pain starts. And then you start taking uh, steroids and you start taking uh, taking a pain pain, uh, killers for that. Uh, You know, what's the side effects? So taking painkillers also on a large scale can also cause um, a thing called uh, stomach ulcers, where your where your stomach lining becomes compromised because of the, uh, the pain medication. Um, also, it can lead to um, a decrease in in uh, muscle recovery and tendon and ligament recovery as well. So that also hinders that um, your your performance in the long term. You heard that, yeah. Be careful of the painkillers and all that. Do everything in moderation, people. Moderation is a key to success. Exercise. I think you can't overemphasize uh, how important exercise is. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us five daily prayers. But generally, how do you advise on exercise, Ahmed? So it's also age-dependent. Um, if you if you if you're the younger population, usually we do, uh, we do advise doing a bit of weight training for you know, for, for the calcium to lay down more and for for increase the calcium absorption for to help with, uh, with stronger bones. And then as you get older, you can do things like even uh, power walking, jogging, uh, even uh, things like Pilates or even um, um, even a bit of running as well. Even swimming is also highly recommended. Um, you know, for the for, 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 just to keep your heart rate up and just to keep the your your you know your you should keep your heart strapped as well, and you should keep everything just going and keeping your body fluid. Now, uh, would you uh, advise, uh, you know, people above the age of 55 to stop doing the weights and maybe doing something lighter, or maybe just take up dumbbells and play with it for for five minutes or two minutes? How would you advise uh, someone that was, you know, from his young days, you're so used to uh, going to the gym and pumping iron. How would you advise uh, that individual, Ahmed? I, I think it's uh, it's important to 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 note that if you have been doing it your whole life, your body is in, your body will adapt to it. So there's not much of a, of an issue if uh, if you just uh, if you carry on, uh, because then at that point you'll know your body and how much you can manage, how much you can take. So that usually isn't the, the, the problem. The problem comes in if you've been doing it as a as a youngster. And then you stop for a, a, like you go on a sabbatical for an extended period of time, 
and now you're hitting your 40s or your 50s and then now you want to start doing weight again. I don't think it would be advisable to use the same amount or the same weight that you were doing at your prime when you were younger. So I would think that you would rather go light, go lighter weight and maybe maybe start up and build up from there and see how you do. Yeah, and then you get these karate experts. Uh, some do Shotokan, some, uh, some, of do, uh, some of them do uh, Fanakushi. And uh, then you notice them uh, hitting 60s. But uh, you'll find them, uh, you know, on the social media, on the platform. Hey, you, they're doing the press-ups and they're jumping and they're spr- like a young spring chicken. Is that advisable to show off your, you know, your second or your 10 Dan? Hey, check me out. I'm 10 Dan. But are they really that fit, uh, Ahmed? Or are they exerting themselves? I don't. I think it's uh, the the really the, the discipline of karate. Um, it tends to it tends to help a lot with it. But again, you focus a lot on your your breathing, your own and using your own much of your own body weight, and you know with the kata and the kumite, it does help a lot with your with your stamina build up as well. Because it's quite important as you get older, your your stamina and your ability to and to ability for for endurance as well. So it does it does help a lot to to start doing something like that as opposed to even doing uh, weight training, especially as you get older. Well, Ahmed, I started off with my karate lessons when I was, uh, yeah, 10 years old. And that uh, instructor gave me uh, 100 dips and uh, they do this and press-ups. I said, hey, that is not right. It wasn't for me. But Alhamdulillah, Ahmed, a lovely discussion with you this evening. Perhaps your parting words uh, before we let you go. Uh, Ahmed, can you? Are you there? I, I think uh, I think I think it's 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 important in this in this time just to just to stay safe as everyone's been uh, been emphasizing it. It's uh, especially if you are the vulnerable population. You know, if you're immunocompromised, immunosuppressed, or you uh, have comorbidities. Um, you know, it's it's quite important just to tie your camels and just to be uh, you know, just to be vigilant, just to be safe. Because everyone's been everyone's talk of the third wave and honestly and. You know, if you as 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 a as a community, I think we can we can do our bit by just uh, preventing it or just making uh, making it uh, milder than what we've seen. Because the second wave was quite uh, very very tragic amongst communities. But I think at that point, you if you are experiencing any pain, just consult your healthcare professional, chiropractor, or you know, it um, just to get things uh, sorted out before it becomes a chronic. Yes, Ahmed, I can tell you, you were absolutely, mashallah, this evening and really enjoyed your company. I can tell you, alhamdulillah, looking forward to having you uh, back uh, very soon, uh, people. Uh, remember, next up uh, will be the uh, Isha Azan, and then when we get back, uh, Sheikh uh, Shoaib Maida will be joining us on uh, Pertinence Punctuated on uh, the topic. Yeah, it's a lovely topic indeed, knowing uh, oneself. And then Morana Salim Karim takes us uh, from 9.30 to uh, 10. Uh, Morana Salim Karim, uh, Karim expounds on the parents' instilling a respectful ustads and teachers in the children.